Hello, my anointed God-fearing podcast listeners. David here at Insightful Devotion. It's truly a blessing having you tune in today for an encouraging and uplifting word the Lord has given me to share with you all. Well, today is the last part of the series entitled Destiny, and today we are going to see how God's word will never return unto him void. So in spite of what David has been going through throughout this series, God has kept him and we will learn how David will become the king of Israel. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to any of the previous episodes, please do so if you get the chance and share this episode with someone, whomever it may be, because we all have a destiny to fulfill. And this series is God breathed and God's word will put us on the path he has for us to be on. After all, God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And Proverbs chapter 21 verse 2 says, We can justify our every deed, but God looks at our motives. So before we get into part six of the Destiny series, let us go before the Lord in prayer. Dear God, I come to you saying thank you for remaining faithful to your promises. Thank you for helping us and teaching us in the way we are to go in our destiny. Thank you for encouraging us and allowing us to remain humble. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are a few who find it. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. In 1 Samuel chapter 27, verses 1, 4, 6, and 7, it says, But David kept thinking to himself, Someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting for me in Israelite territory, and I will finally be safe. Word soon reached Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he stopped hunting for him. So Achish gave him the town of Ziklag, which still belongs to the kings of Judah to this day. And they lived there among the Philistines for a year and four months. Later on in scripture, it tells us that the Israelites and the Philistines are soon going to face off in battle again. In the meantime, 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 5 through 6 says, When Saul saw the vast Philistine army, he became frantic with fear. He asked the Lord what he should do. But the Lord refused to answer him either by dreams or by sacred lots or by the prophets. Now, in order for us to understand what is going on within the text, let me refer back to 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 1 through 3 and 7 through 11, which occurs before David was ever anointed to become the king of Israel. The scripture says, One day Samuel said to Saul, It was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people, Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle the accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and goats, the cattle, the fat calves, and the lambs. Everything, in fact, that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. 
Let me just pause and say when the Lord gives us instructions to follow, our reply should be an obedient response and do as the Lord says, regardless of what we think or how we'd like to do something, because the Lord has given us clear instructions on what to do. The reason obedience is better than disobedience, it's because no matter how bad a physical situation looks or what you may be going through, when we are obedient to the Lord, we are protected even if our situation appears to be bad. However, if we don't listen and are disobedient and we don't adhere to the Lord's instructions, that means we have just entered dangerous territory. So in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 20 through 29, the scripture speaks of the consequences of Saul and what will soon take place. It says, but I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's commands, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. But now please forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel replied, I will not go back with you since you have rejected the Lord's command. He has rejected you as king of Israel. As Samuel turned to go, Saul tried to hold him back and tore the hem of his robe. And Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to someone else, one who is better than you. And he who is the glory of Israel will not lie, nor will he change his mind, for he is not human that he should change his mind. So that dangerous territory I was speaking about earlier for King Saul of Israel was by not obeying the Lord's instruction caused Saul to be rejected as king of Israel. So what Samuel had told King Saul of Israel within the previous scripture is the reason as to why 1 Samuel chapter 28 verse 6 says he asked the Lord what he should do. But the Lord refused to answer him either by dreams or by sacred lots or by the prophets. Now, shifting gears a little bit, there's an old saying that says the closer you are to obtaining what is meant for you, the more opposition comes your way, which means if you can hang on in the tough seasons, your due season for receiving your harvest that was promised to you is closer than ever before. So as the Israelites and the Philistines prepare to battle one another, the Philistines end up rejecting David and his men because they are afraid that they will turn on them in battle even though David had proven himself to them to be faithful. The scripture says in 1 Samuel chapter 29, verses 4 through 9, But the Philistine commanders were angry. Send him back to the town you've given him, they demanded. He can't go into the battle with us. What if he turns against us in battle and becomes our adversary? Is there any better way for him to reconcile himself with his master than by handing our heads over to him? Isn't this the same David about whom the woman of Israel sing in their dances? Saul has killed his thousands and David his tens thousands. 
So Achish finally summoned David and said to him, I swear by the Lord that you have been a trustworthy ally. I think you should go with me into battle, for I've never found a single flaw in you from the day you arrived until today. But the other Philistine rulers won't hear of it. Please don't upset them, but go back quietly. What have I done to deserve this treatment, David demanded. What have you ever found in your servant that I can't go and fight the enemies of my lord the king? But Achish insisted, as far as I'm concerned, you're as perfect as an angel of God. But the Philistine commanders are afraid to have you with them in the battle. Upon David and his man's arrival back home, 1 Samuel chapter 30 verses 1 through 4 says, Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. So in our destiny, some people will reject you, even though in the eyesight of the Lord, you have done nothing wrong. There will be moments when you've cried so much as the previous scripture states that you can't even cry anymore. Even those close to you may try to turn on you. So it's important to recognize the company that's surrounding you. So it's in those moments that appear to be your darkest hour and it doesn't seem to be getting better where you must truly face who you say you are, and without a doubt inside of you, know whose you are. 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 68 says, David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. And David was very successful. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 17 through 20 says, David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout that night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing small or great, son or daughter, nor anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. So let me encourage someone out there listening to this episode today. Just because your life appears to be ending, just because things aren't the way you have pictured them, we must come to the understanding that our faith in Jesus Christ helps directs our lives and allows us to keep our focus on him and to stop dwelling on our circumstances. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 through 3 says, We must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. He saw the joy ahead of him, so he endured death on the cross and ignored the disgrace it brought him. Now he holds the honored position, the one next to God, the Father on the heavenly throne. Think about Jesus who endured opposition from sinners so that you don't become tired and give up. 
So don't give up because 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 through 18 says our suffering is light and temporary and is producing for us an eternal glory that is greater than anything we can imagine. We don't look for things that can be seen, but for things that can't be seen. Things that can be seen are only temporary, but things that can't be seen last forever. And your destiny that God has planned for you is for good and not for harm to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. So when the Israelites and the Philistines were fighting a very fierce battle we learned the outcome in first samuel chapter 31 verse 6 so saul his three sons his armor bearer and his troops all died together that same day so when the news of what had just occurred reached david david was saddened because second samuel chapter 1 verse 11 through 12 and 17 tells us David and his men tore their clothes in sorrow when they heard the news. They mourned and wept and fasted all day for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the Lord's army and the nation of Israel because they had died by the sword that day. Then David composed a funeral song for Saul and Jonathan. We see in 2 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1, as the war between the royal families of Saul and David dragged on, David's family became stronger and stronger and Saul's family became weaker and weaker. Now we know David's destiny from humble beginnings to becoming the king of Israel was about to come to pass because 2 Samuel chapter 5 verse 1 through 5 says, All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron. We are your own flesh and blood, they said. Even in the past when Saul ruled us, you were the one who led Israel in battle. The Lord has said to you, you will be shepherd of my people Israel, the leader of Israel. All the leaders of Israel had come to Hebron. King David made an agreement with them at Hebron in front of the Lord. So they anointed David king of Israel. David was 30 years old when he became king, and he ruled for 40 years. In Hebron, he ruled Judah for seven years and six months. In Jerusalem, he ruled for 33 years over all Israel and Judah. Now David had plenty of ups and downs that were to come in his future, just as we all do. But he understood the importance of his relationship with God and knew that nothing can separate him from the love of God. So in conclusion of this series, as we look back over the past few episodes where I have been discussing David's destiny to becoming the king of Israel, when God calls you, no man can stop you, meaning that no one and nothing can stop the anointing that God had placed on David's life and what God has placed on your life. We will have to be bold and courageous in the Lord, knowing that what we are going to go through in this life, we are protected on every side and already have the victory in God. We must be on guard, testing every spirit to ensure that we are not deceived because Saul, who loved David, turned on him and became his enemy for the rest of his days. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. So if we conduct ourselves in that manner, it does not mean that we are a doormat. Even though some people may take our kindness for weakness, it does not mean that we are weak. Also, when we are God's children and are obedient and doing what he instructs us to do, our enemies will always be defeated regardless of how things may appear in our lives. 
We've learned that David's heart posture was in the right position and he didn't give in to temptation or allow anyone to persuade him to do so. Because the Bible says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And finally, we've learned that God is faithful to keep his promises because his word will not return unto him void. It will do what it said it would do, which in regards to David's destiny was to become the king of Israel. So you may be asking yourself right now, what is my destiny? Why am I still stuck and why am I always repeating these cycles? Well, my advice to you would be to truly ask the Lord to search your heart and repent from all of your sins and turn from your wicked ways. And when the Holy Spirit guides you because he will and the way you are to go, be obedient even when you don't understand it. Be obedient even when times are tougher than they have ever been for you before. Keep pressing and moving forward knowing that God will see you through and your testimony will help others in reaching their destiny just as we've seen how David's destiny has encouraged us and how the Lord was with him and loved him through all of the circumstances he faced. Well, I hope that you've been blessed with the message the Lord has given me in this destiny series and that the Lord has opened your eyes to see and ears to hear the way the Lord instructs us to go and how to conduct ourselves by living righteous for him, bold and courageous in the Lord. So before we end this destiny series, let us go before the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for encouraging us to press on in our lives, knowing that with you, our destiny is for certain, regardless of what others say and try and do. We praise your mighty name and say that you are worthy to be praised. And may we live our lives honoring you and being bold in our faith for you, God, because we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's in Jesus name. I pray and say thank you. Amen. And to all my anointed God-fearing podcast listeners all over the world, thank you so much for tuning in, and I pray God's best for you and your loved ones and the plans he has laid out before you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Amen. And as I always say, be blessed, stay blessed, because you are blessed.